0: Life is hard when you don't know who you are. It's harder when you don't know what you are. My love carries a death sentence. I was lost for years, searching while hiding, only to find that I belong to a world hidden from humans. I won't hide anymore. I will live the life I choose.
1: This is episode fifty-six of Fatalist, a podcast devoted to the supernatural series Lost Girl and all things sci-fi, supernatural, fantasy, and horror. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my beardless co-host Wayne.
2: Yep, no shave November is is gone, and so is the so are the whiskers.
1: Yeah, um, it got pretty long there for a while. Yeah, it was all right.
2: Uh, you know, I am, I the, the part. I might still have it were it not for like the little bits of gray that were popping up in it. And uh, I feel like see, I don't have any gray in my hair. And then, you know, when it pops up in the beard, that is just not cool. Maybe I'm too vain, but uh, I'm just not ready to be sporting.
1: Sporting the gray. Yeah. yeah um, I was just telling you a minute ago, I had a beard for like five straight years. In fact, when, when uh, we got married, I had a beard and then shaved it off not too long after. First I went with the Ron Burgundy mustache though for a while. Nice. Um and you know, I'll tell you once I sh- once I shaved it. I mean, I've had like little mini beards here and there, but I don't think ever again.
2: Yeah, it's just uh it's I mean, it's there's not really if you go full beard, there's not like a ton of upkeep because actually it's the opposite. You don't do anything, right? Yeah, you know, well, so I just, kept mine trim. Yeah, well, I well, ultimately I guess I would probably get to that point, but uh you know, it just it itches, and then, like, food gets in it, and stuff is just, you know, it's just, I don't know. Yeah, well. Whatevs. Yeah. I'll do it again next November, probably. Though, you know, I'm going to do this. I was thinking about doing it this year. Next November, I'm totally doing this, is I'm growing the uh, the uh Vex mustache ah, beard thing. Nice. Yeah, I'm doing it. I'm mm-hmm. doing because when I actually shaved off this beard, just, I... Before I shaved it off,
1: I stopped with the
2: Vex, and I'm like,
1: yeah, that's not half bad, you well, know. And hopefully, we'll be talking about Vex next November. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's funny. I mean, Michael and I were talking about this today at work. That, you know, Lost Girl four seasons. That's that's probably better than average for a genre show. Not that many make it four seasons. Yeah. So to yeah. make it five, I mean, it's, we'll
2: see. It's getting to be like the grand dame of uh, of the genre show. Yeah, and it's
1: like. tough to get numbers out of Canada. I mean, th- th- there is one site that has them but they really only list the top 30 shows for the week and lost girls usually not you know i mean it's it's the shows you might expect that come out of the states like ncis and the different csi shows and dancing with the stars that kind of thing so but from all indications it's doing pretty well we'll know more when it debuts on sci-fi how it's doing and i imagine it will do do okay again yeah yeah. we'll see season five maybe um, all right, speaking of TV, you know, we, we talked a little bit last week about this whole new idea of the mid-season finale. And I think I was wrong on a couple that I thought were having their mid-season finale last week, but but certainly did. Um, now, Arrow is tonight.
2: Right. right. That is for sure. We were both wrong uh, last week.
1: Right. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was last night. Yeah. Sleepy Hollow was Monday night. Yes. And I don't know about Almost Human. That was a new episode because I did d v Right, it. It, it,
2: it was new, and I was actually just listening to the Almost Human podcast, and they were also wondering. Um, but, you know, it, it just started a couple of weeks ago. Were we on episode five,
1: was that? It? I'm not sure, to tell you the truth. It was episode four or five. I think uh, Episode
2: five, actually, I believe. Um, so it's still early days, you know. Um, they were trying to figure out... I guess right now it's still listed as just nine episodes. Like I don't know if uh, Fox has renewed for the 13 or the 20 mm-hmm. or whatever. So, you know, it's a kind of state of limbo right now with Almost Human. But yeah, that not, that not, show is really good though.
1: I mean, none of the networks seem to be too forthcoming about dates, air dates for forthcoming episodes. So, yeah. you know, we'll we'll see. But I got a couple of uh, admissions, I guess I'd I'd say at this point. Um I have now an opening in my TV watching schedule. Oh. I'm jettisoning Once Upon a Time. How are you? You know, it's, I know you don't watch it. And, no. you know, I think you've said many times that, you know, geez, if you're hearing this from me, maybe you're not even going to get started. But it, but it oh, was definitely really not. Never, it was a strong show a for the first season. And even the second season, was still pretty good. But this season, they've been focusing on Peter Pan. And, and it's cool that Peter Pan's evil. And in fact, I was listening to uh, gosh, Sci-Fi Diner and they were talking about how uh, M, who's, who's one of the new hosts on that show. And, and what she was saying was she didn't like it because it was deviating too much from the traditional view of Peter Pan. I, and that's what I liked was that they deviated. But, you know, they spent half a season with bad Peter Pan and, and, and that was a lot. Mm-hmm. And then once they resolve it, I'm like, OK, cool. That is good. But it's one of these, not so fast, my friend. <laughs> and and you know, without going into the whole I am sp- not left-handed spoilerific. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you know. Anyway, <laughs> I, I'm done. It, it's it's I'm just done. Yeah. So I
2: I, I am somewhat sticking with uh one, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland mm-hmm. just because, as I said, it's like a guilty pleasure. It's entertaining, okay, kind of. I'm not really super into it. But it's, you know. But, like, I have, like, the last two episodes I haven't watched yet. So it's not something I'm, like, desperate Right, top to watch. of the list. Yeah. It's not like an Arrow. Like, I, well, I'm, I'm watching Arrow tonight, man. You know, no question about
1: it. Well, about, uh, you know, Arrow, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah, Sleepy Hollow right. are just, uh, in in my opinion, they're just really, really strong. Yeah, those are point. shows
2: that I, I, I want to see, like, the night they show. I'm I'm not going to let them sit for, you know, a couple of days. Um but uh, once upon a time, Wonderland and, like, Dracula, I still – they're, they're just collecting my de- – I, I probably should just go and erase those. I don't think I'm going yeah. go to go to Dracula at all. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, I feel back to like, Parks and Recreation, which, you know, this is the funny thing about, like, NBC because I used to – you know, like, they kind of got me – Well, you know, it's like they're kind of their must-see TV. Back in the day, we had, like, Seinfeld and Friends, and then there was that Mad About You – it was all in one night, and there was just uh, really—I think even Cheers might have still been on at that time, though I'm not sure. But it was like just you know four like really good you know three, four sitcoms six in a row, and then they had like uh, they inserted like My Name Is Earl and The Office and everything, which was great. And then they had The Office and uh, Community and um, Parks and Recreation. That was just awesome. Well now, you know, community is in kind of like limbo. Here, I think it's coming back in like January or something. The office is done, and Parks and Rec is on its own. I haven't even, I don't even know what shows are around it. You I don't even so.
1: have any time for anything other than you know genre. I mean, I've got NCIS, which is my only non-genre yeah. show. Um, I don't know how you find the time, man.
2: Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know. I <laughs> don't still do anything else. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Uh, but yeah, I I used to like really like that kind of like that Thursday night thing that it was pretty cool. But now now the Parks and Rec is kind of on its own. Then you know again that's it's still recording, but I just haven't really caught up for a long time with that show. Yeah.
1: Well, the other thing I I noticed in in reading I don't know just various posts on the internet and and really kind of perusing some of the podcasts that I listen to and looking at their uh, web pages and their show notes. Uh, there seems to be sort of, uh, I guess, almost a mini backlash uh, among a lot of bloggers about characters hooking up on these genre shows. And, uh, you know, obviously we know where I stand on on that whole thing. And and the one that came to mind most recently, and, and one blogger that was writing about it was the one in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. when May and Agent Ward hook up at the end of that one right really stressful of course that kind of implies their their other missions aren't stressful but hooking up sort of as a almost just as a friends with benefits or at least that's what it seemed to me yeah. and really was trash in it and i guess i don't get it i mean you know i think that's part of i don't want to say my problem with lost girl to a certain extent but that you know i don't want it to be about all the relationships i want it to be sure. about the story
2: and, and I think in Ages of Show that's really not and and you really think about it, it kind of works because you're like, okay, here's these two very um they're, they're a very stressful job. Right. And these two kind of I don't want to call them high strung but very intense individuals, I guess. Um, you know, they need it just like everybody else. They maybe even more. They need that kind of release. So I think everyone was like thinking, Oh, it's definitely Warden Sky, you're gonna hook up Warden Sky. And then, you know, they, on the show, just like, hey, you know, bite me. here. Here's right. a, You want a relationship? Here we go. And it's not even a relationship because, again, it is like kind of a, a friends with uh, benefits thing. And uh, it's, it's possible they might – we don't know for sure, but it's like the last episode. They might have got a little bit slightly busted.
1: Right. And, you know, I like the way they did it with Sky at the bar. You know, you can cry on my shoulder or whatever. And, you know, he's like, no. And then we see <laughs> him, you know, that whole scene where – she goes into her room, holding a bottle of liquor. Opens the door, and just leaves it ajar. Uh, but you know, my my whole point has always been: it's like, hey, two attractive single people, why wouldn't they? Exactly. But uh, now, the other interesting thing I ran across, and I mentioned this to you today at work, was uh, an interview in TV Guide Canada with Emily Andres. and and it was a very short interview, and it was through episode five, which we're going to talk about tonight. And to be quite honest. Half of it was just nonsense, you know. Bad, bad interviewing, in my opinion. Right. But, but she did address the uh, scene where Vex cuts his hand off in this episode, and she makes the mention that uh, uh, you know we even thought about uh, how cool it would be to strap a chainsaw onto his stump and go from there, which is obviously a nod to yeah, to Evil Dead, to Evil Dead Army 2, of Darkness, right? That we talked about uh, a few months ago. So I thought that was pretty cool.
2: Yeah, that would be awesome. We were just saying how, you know, Lauren would it'd be cool if she did that. And, you know, someone's got to strap a chainsaw on somewhere, basically. Yes. If they can get the, uh, they can get like the, you know, whatever rights from Sam Raimi they might need to get to actually do that, uh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. That'd be super cool. Yeah. But uh, I, I have a feeling that, that the hand's going to make it back on the Vex's arm uh, yeah, at, I was, at some point.
1: You know, I was thinking that. I mean, obviously we're, I don't. I mean, this isn't really magic that we're dealing with in the Fey world, but I guess it is. I mean, there is yeah, a certain amount of, sure. you know, casting spells. And, and Lauren whatnot.
2: has some kind of binding thing.
1: Well, you know, they've made a point of keeping his hand on ice. <laughs> yeah, that's, so. that's
2: exactly why I think that it's going to get sewn
1: back on. Yeah, so, uh, but we'll get to that in a little while. Uh, so we will.
2: Uh, I just think it's funny now how twice we've been recording. Well, the one time we recorded the day after an episode of Arrow and then last week it was the, the day of Arrow last Wednesday. Um and the one time you were talking about the relationships of the between Felicity and Oliver, as we said, and then, you know, I was like biting my tongue because just the night before they had really explored that. And then last week, you know, you had the bit about Barry Allen and the Flash and yeah. I go home and who should be in the episode but Barry Allen and Barry Allen not the, not the Flash. And
1: who's a bit smitten with him? Felicity, young Felicity, yes, she is. Yeah,
2: but he's apparently not yet the Flash. So right, whatever is going to happen to him has not happened. So, uh, but yeah, that was wild.
1: I don't know the backstory.
2: I want it to you. I really don't know. I was trying. To th- I was trying to think of it, and I'm like, was it like radiation or bitten by a bug or I, I can't remember. I think it might have something to do with like space. No, there's no been clue. like flashes through like out history. He's not the first. Uh, there's like. It's been passed on through time, uh, similar to the Green Lantern. I, I do know that. So. All
1: right. That good.
2: All right. That was all, all I right. had.
1: All right. Uh, so let's take a look at a little bit of news. And Peter Jackson has confirmed and that he's officially been in talks to direct an episode of Doctor Who. And we know Peter Jackson as a director of Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. And he's revealed that discussions for him to step behind the camera for a Doctor Who episode are, quote, actually kind of serious. Now, I think we even talked about this maybe six to eight months ago. Because it's been rumored for a while that Jackson, who's a diehard fan of the sci-fi series, has expressed his love for Doctor Who and a desire to direct an episode back in his native New Zealand. Not sure how that would work. Um, He even made a recent cameo appearance in The Five Doctors uh, just last month for the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who. Jackson said, I'd be very happy to direct an episode. I'd love to try my hand at television because I've never had the discipline of having to shoot for those impossibly tiny schedules. I think I could do it okay now. Last year, former Doctor Who executive producer Caroline Skinner said she'd love to bring Doctor Who down under after the show's big 50 bash. Since the 50th anniversary special, the day of the Doctor's already behind us with Peter Capaldi now at the helm of the TARDIS, although that's not quite true, is it? No, he's not at the helm. Yeah,
2: he was. His eyes were in it, and uh, he's taken over in the Christmas episode.
1: Yes, and uh, but perhaps the time has finally come for Mr. Jackson to, uh, you know, find his the real medium of television. You know, forty-two minutes. Screw that, like, two-and-a-half-hour stuff. All
2: right. <laughs> well, maybe we'll get, like, a two-and-a-half-hour Doctor Who well, with uh, in uh, four parts or something like that. Yeah, it could be. Back we'll back... take what was seemingly a you know brief 42-minute uh, episode and turn it into three three-hour-long movies.
1: All right. Now, all right, so I sent you this link uh, that we looked at a little bit ago. So I know that we all missed the sci-fi action and intrigue from Ronald D. Moore's critically acclaimed reboot of Battlestar Galactica. And some of us are also surely missing a few of the lovely actresses who portrayed some of our favorite characters. But not to worry, Battlestar junkies, Tricia Helfer and Katie Sackhoff are once again offering for sale a sexy new charity calendar. The idea came about as a way to raise money for acting outlaws with profits going to a variety of charities that both ladies support. Now, considering the fanboy love that already exists for these two from their roles in BSG, uh, you would think that... They'll they'll make some profit for their charities. And it's available to order at redbubble.com. And I'm going to put a link in the show notes. Uh, Just a heads up, though, most of these shots could be considered not safe for work. So that is the news. Listener feedback. 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 Yeah, Yeah, baby. baby. In listener feedback this week, we've got another short one from... Sally and we'll take a listen and then we'll talk.
0: Hey Dave and Wayne, it's Sally. I wanted to let your listeners know that if the thing holding them back from sending in voicemails is that the SpeakPipe app is not on your website anymore, that it's easy to download the app to your smartphone and then you can record a voicemail and send it. All you have to do is type in The email address, fatalistspodcast at gmail.com. That's what I'm doing right now. And, you know, it's pretty user-friendly and lets you re-record if you screw it up. Like I do all the time, especially with my voicemail at work and that kind of thing. Anyway, so I think for a change this week, I'm going to send you guys a comment on episode 5 instead of a comment on your podcast last week. And it's this. I liked Tamsin as a character in season three i thought she was funny and snarky and lots of things i love Tamsin as she is now so innocent and naive and nice and i just uh i want to be her friend and i want to protect her from all the bad things in the world so i hope she kind of stays like this for a large part of the season if not the whole season what do you guys think of her
1: Thanks for the heads up on, you know, individuals being able to just download SpeakPipe and use it on their own. That sounds great and, and to be quite honest, the, the audio quality is really awesome. And then uh as far as Tamson goes, I think, you know, Wayne and I we both agree that that uh she was great last year but she is yeah, really great this year.
2: Yeah, and as I said last uh last podcast that uh you yeah, know, I think it's for different reasons but still really awesome and uh I like the Definitely, we're we're at to choose which one I like better. I don't know. I miss some of the more cynical aspects of Tamsin, but uh, this season it's just so just it's, it's hilarious. It's great. It's, yeah, it's really good. You know, good character development. So, yep. I'm sure we'll talk about that some more as well.
1: All right, and you know the rest of the listeners, come on, you know where we are. Send us some feedback. So yeah,
2: it, you know what, Dave will pay ten thousand dollars for everyone. Who submits feedback? There you go. 10 grand per person. Yep. So solid monopoly money.
1: Yes. All right. Well, you know, I'll tell you, it's funny. Each week, as I'm watching the episode, and then I go to do my rewatch and start taking some notes. I'm thinking like, gosh, I don't know what Wayne's going to do for Project X this week. There really isn't anything in there. And then each week you keep, you know.
2: I find yeah. random stuff.
1: All right. So what do you got in Project X? All
2: right. We got two things. First of all, we got the uh, the magic cockroach, which is what I at first it was. The sacred papyrus. Okay seed and so papyrus is native to the nile delta and was used as everyone knows as paper became paper like the ancient egyptians wove it together and uh well not the seed the plant you know the plant they you know pull it apart and weave it together to make paper so what does that have to do with anything? I don't know, but it's just kind of interesting, I guess. There was also a really great scene in History of the World Part One where... Um, Mel Brooks? Was, yeah, okay. yeah. And, um, oh, who was the actor? Jeffrey, Gregory Hines. Gregory Hines and uh, Mel Brooks are being chased by the Romans. Uh, they pass a bunch of very tall plants, and Gregory Hines gets out and says, oh, and demands papyrus, papyrus, rolling papyrus. And so he gets a huge piece of paper and he puts the plants inside of it and lights because of these big marijuana plant, plants that they then uh, take off in the chariot, blowing the smoke behind them, and then the uh, you know totally making all the Romans stoned and unable to pursue them anymore. All right. It's an excellent scene. So <laughs> The other thing, which at first I thought they kind of made up, but apparently is an actual thing, is the scimitar of Kronos. Who is Kronos, You may ask. Who's Kronos? Well, I will tell you, Dave. Kronos was the father of the gods. He was a titan, and we get like you know, like you know, Kronos and Kronos and like time and all that stuff. You know, what I mean? so, um, so apparently he heard a prophecy that his children would overthrow him. So, so what he did then was he ate him. Okay. Uh, except for Zeus, who Zeus's mother saved him and gave Cronus a rock to eat. <laughs> okay. Which he, you know, you know rock, baby. Yeah, you know. okay. So uh, Zeus gets older, and he makes his father regurgitate his siblings, who, because they were, you know, immortal, they weren't dead. They are just growing up inside of him. And uh, that's where... He and Hades and Poseidon then kind of took over and split up, uh, you know, uh, Zeus taking the the air and the heavens, uh, Poseidon taking the sea, and Hades getting the short end of the stick with the underworld, as uh, he mopes about that in the Percy Jackson books as well. Okay. Um, So then they chop up Kronos with a... Guess guess guess, where they use to chop him up?
1: Oh, the uh, uh, something scimitar, of, scimitar right?
2: The uh, scimitar, which is like the curved swordish type thing, um, and then they throw him into the uh, the pit of Tartarus, where he's supposed to stick around for ever and ever and ever. And so, and then I th- was, I, he's then he's like. That's like one of the Percy Jackson books. I, I think I'm pretty much done with the Percy Jackson series. I started reading them, and they're, I th- they really liked them. And then, uh, you know, now I think that's just gone too long and too far. My kids still love them. You know, they, they devour them the second they come out. But uh, I just I don't know if I can hack it anymore. But I know, like, Kronos was, like, the bad guy in one of the books, and they were trying to bring him back together and revive him and all this stuff. Are you like, just
1: reading them because they're reading them? and?
2: Well, I started reading them actually myself. Oh, okay. Um, and it was fun because I would, you know, I'd be reading the book and then my oldest, Sean, who was, this is probably like, he's in eighth grade now. So this is when he was in fourth grade. Um, Sean started borrowing it and, and he was behind me. So I would finish the book and give it to him. And then he'd read it and he was behind me. And then all of a sudden he was like kind of, up with me and reading it at the same time that I was. And then all of a sudden he's like reading the, the book, the next book before I, I'm like, how on earth is he reading so much? So that s- spring, I think. And you got his grade in English. Intern <laughs> reports come in, exactly. And he's getting a D in English. I'm like, oh my God. So we go in to talk to the teacher. I'm like, what is going on? How is my son? And she's like, well, he sits in here and he reads all day, so I'm like, Uh, Percy Jackson, right? She's like, Yeah. I'm like, Oh, okay. So that explains a lot, actually.
1: Uh, So, anyway. Could be worse. True story. Yeah. Yeah. Let the Dark Times Roll, episode. Let the
2: Dark Times Roll.
1: Episode five of season four. them spin
2: you around.
1: Don't them. All right. right. Uh, Written by (laughs) Jeremy Boxen, who, again, to use your phrase, has written too many to to mention at this point. Too many, but
2: it's been a while. Like I was looking through, I don't think he did any in season three, did oh, he? I'm not sure. I'll check it out. Okay. Keep, keep talking.
1: All right. Uh, directed by Ron Murphy. And yeah, I think
2: he's a newbie, right? To uh, well, not a newbie, but you know, new to the Lost Girl world.
1: Right now, um, you know, there's, there's a lot in this episode. I, I think you know, I really liked it. Uh, first, you know, first impressions. Uh, I learned a word: spittle. Which I did not know, and you didn't uh, know that word before. I did not know oh, lickspittle, okay. um, but trust me, I plan to use it quite a bit. In fact, used it a little bit today, and everybody thought I was nuts. But um, yeah, okay. First thoughts here, and I don't know how to say this, so I'm just going to say it. Bo is really starting to bother me. Um, Whoa. I'm, I'm. I don't like her. Her her hubris has reached. New highs or lows, I guess, depending on how you like it uh, or how how you you know want to view that. But uh, I'm just really not you know, and, and this has been coming for a while. I mean, it's 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 really not anything new to her character. I guess it's just finally wearing on me.
2: Hmm. I wouldn't. I didn't see that one coming, yeah, man. Yeah, I know. Oh, by the way, uh, I know it's kind of <laughs> interrupting, but uh, Jeremy Boxen uh, wrote uh, Phase Wide Shut in season three. Oh, okay. Uh, but then that's the last one he's done. He only did that one in season three. Okay. So
1: anyway, so you don't like Bo? What? Well, I don't know. She's starting to rub me the wrong way. I mean, you yeah. know, I mean, she was the focal point, and, and this has nothing to do with the, you know the fact that she was absent from episodes one and two this year. I'm I'm beyond that now. You know, the We're last got over episodes, that. Yeah, I mean, these three last three episodes have been pretty strong. I think well, at least but, two of them. <laughs> uh, but I, I just don't know. It's just I, I, I guess it's just the you know, nobody tells me what to do kind of thing is, is kind of wearing thin for me.
2: Well, I, th- I I agree with you that in the beginning of the show, I was a little like, come on. They did lay it on a little bit thick, especially the end of the previous episode. She was, like we said, like really disarmed and taken aback when they said that, you know, she's a dark fae and, and she was very surprised and now she's like, Bullshit. She's like, no one knows really what to do. No one right. tells me what to do. And that, I admit, right. definitely, I think, laid it on a bit thick. Especially, like, the Unamens,
1: they're kind of, you Unamens, you don't tell me what to do. Uh, uh, yeah, we kind of do. Yeah,
2: pretty much. Because <laughs> basically, whatever you try to do to us is just going to, like, bounce back on you. So, yeah. We pretty much can tell you what. Yeah, so. so I, but you're right. But uh, outside of that, though, I got no problem with the rest of the episode.
1: Oh no, no no! I love the episode. I'm just saying. I'm just saying.
2: Bo and the rest. Yeah, of the
1: episode. I mean, I like. Yeah, I, I know. I know what you're saying. And and I, anyway, that's just first impression. She has office sex. Uh, she does. <laughs> All right. So anyway, some other first thoughts. Um, you know, Tamsin, which you know may be my new favorite character, and and always like Tamsin. I know you have too. Um, but this, uh, you know, this whole gradually regaining her power. Um. She seems a little shaken after she, you know, kills the woman in the dance off.
2: Yeah, she uh, clenched her butt cheeks too. Yeah, <laughs> but,
1: you know, oh, yeah. But, but, but I mean, after she, she does that. No,
2: she's definitely shaken for sure. And, uh, I think that that's, are we seeing Tampson developing as she did before, you know, to become that? Cynical, jaded person, or is this Tamsin developing along a different path?
1: Was well, this like Tabula Rasa, right? I mean, well, yeah. I mean, but
2: we assume in her last incarnation was the same thing. Like she started off as a naive, innocent, and then after probably, well, I mean, obviously, centuries, but ultimately became this kind of jaded and cynical person. Uh, are, you know, are we seeing that? Are we seeing the beginning? Like she? I mean, she's now. She's she killed one
1: person. She right, but is she aligned? She I mean, does she? You know, since she's been hanging out with the light, since she's starting with a blank slate, uh,
2: not really because she's been hanging the bow okay. and bows dark.
1: Well, good point. Um, but she's been hanging with her uh, home girl Kenzie, who is the dark by default. It seems. Well, right? it, <laughs> that was pretty funny too. You know that yeah. that you know. Well, if you're dark, does that mean I'm dark too? Because you know that uh, I'll have to you know improve my wardrobe though. If that's I mean, going to be the case, that's actually
2: not inaccurate, right? Because the dark are kind of cooler.
1: They are much cooler. And I think
2: I've always kind of maintained that, yes. Yeah, but so. that, but
1: that would be pretty cool, you know, with Bo now on the dark side if somehow Tamson ends up going to the light. And and obviously this is going to be the focal point I think of a lot of the rest of season 4.
2: Right. And you see Tamson I mean wearing white a yeah. lot, yeah. You know? So, I mean, obviously, that's just kind of symbolic of her innocence and all that, blah, blah, blah. But uh, it potentially, she could be going. That's what I'm saying. Is this a Tamson developing into a new, different person? Yeah. Like maybe aligning herself with the light rather than the dark. Who knows? Yeah, it'd yeah.
1: be pretty cool. Well, I mean, obviously, the, the main story features Bo still trying to find out how she became dark. Then we've got the, you know, little side stories, trick getting interrogated by the Unamens, uh, Vex and and his little sad tale, and then, uh, of course, Tamsin regaining her powers. But, you know, a lot of times we, we'd have a B story that would be kind of substantial, but we don't really see that in this episode. It's pretty much all Bo trying to find out how she became dark. And, uh, you know, mention the Unamens, right? She goes and, and tries to cheese suck. <laughs> yeah, how'd that work out for you, Bo?
2: Well, you know, it's you got you got to try, right? It's always worked out before.
1: Yeah, um, and and then that you know she's told she's got to pay fealty to the leader of the dark, who of course she thinks at that point is Vex. Yes, and that was kind of a turns out not so much. Nah, not so much. And you know, Ebony's back in power, and 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 then it's it, she wants Vex brought in because the Unamens want Vex. We, I don't know. Do we know why they're pissed off at Vex? They just want the last mesmer. Okay. It's the same thing.
2: They want the human terrorist and the the human doctor. Okay. So they're cleaning house. So so I just like people who piss them off. I guess.
1: Yeah, but but again, I mean, it, it, is it just the fact that he's a mesmer and the I mean, he, well,
2: apparent from what he said, apparently, yeah, is okay. But also, you know, he's, you know, he pisses people off. Mm-hmm. So, uh, right, so
1: she wants Vex brought—she just wants the Unamens gone, Ebony, that is. Right. Out of town, and I'm, I'm sure the Light fay would agree with her. They want her gone—want uh, uh, gone, them gone as well. Um, and we learned that it's clear that she had nothing to do with Bo's conversion to the dark. And then we subsequently learned right. that, that— So she says. Well, so she says. I, I believed her. mm I mean, do you not believe Vex either?
2: Vex, I for some reason I feel like it was more authentic. Evie still seems like she's, you know, she's just duplicitous. Okay. You know? Yeah. And not to say that Vex isn't, but I think we saw Vex at a very honest point in that scene.
1: Yeah, I mean, she's definitely slicker Plays her cards much closer to the vest than Vex does. But uh,
2: that being said, I, I really don't think she had anything to do with it. But I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled one out on us saying that she she did.
1: Yeah. Um, the dark archivist. <laughs> now, the other cool thing in that, I did read in that, the, the other good thing in that TV Guide Canada interview that uh, Emily Andrus says that that when he actually peels that off his head that it was really just a fruit roll-up. That's what they used as the prop.
2: That was gross. There yeah. was so much stuff in it. It was just gross.
1: It's not it's as gross now that I know it was a fruit roll-up.
2: Yeah, oh. but the first time, you know. I mean, obviously, I, I, although she could be I lying. didn't think it was like the actor was actually pulling a skill. Oh, I did. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> you know, that's
1: just nasty. All right. Lauren. Or is it? Or is it? Well, yeah. I mean, wh- what do you mean, or is it?
2: Well, what do you think I mean? <laughs> uh, I have my doubts as to be, be, as to whether that's like actually Lauren
1: Oh, see, I think it is. I mean, I think her story really rings true. And, mm. and well, we, okay, well, let's backtrack for a second. So, so, uh, Ebony tells Bo, look, you know, I, I'm going to do something for you. You're going to bring Vex in for me. That'll get the unamends off my back. And, and you know what? I've got something for you. And it was, you know, pretty pretty awesome entrance, right? When when she comes walking in, Lauren, that is black dress. You didn't think so. You're making uh, that face. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm not a huge Lauren fan. As, as, no, I'm not, as we know, know. I'm not
2: saying that, but just it was just so out of left field, you know, and like that's what I liked and about it. Literally walking
1: across the field, like, wait, the house is behind them. I know, and that's how come she's just going to be in that? How how that's ordinarily just, the kind of thing I hate. Yeah, you know, but I but this, I liked this it. Whole, I mean, like,
2: I, walking slowly across the field in a dress. Yeah. Like she looked great, uh, you know, she did look great, no question about it looked great. It just seems there's just a lot of stuff here that seems uncharacteristic from the suspiciously suddenly popping up and to the um now her you know kind of buddying up with the dark and everything i, I okay, I get it that she has good reason to do that, but also yeah, even both doesn't like kind of she doesn't
1: grasp well she doesn't grasp the importance of what this all means
2: um i think she can i don't think it's that difficult to grasp i just think it's well just, i like, agree so but uncharacteristic of Laura. and then there's like these looks like she just these looks i can't remember exactly one but she just has this look and it's just kind of like suspicion just like you know, Lauren's Lauren thinking...
1: suspicious of Bo, or the oh, other
2: no, no, way no, I'm suspicious of Lauren oh, okay. that it's not like really Lauren. That Lauren is actually still, you know, chained up someplace, and uh, that this is some kind of shapeshifter or something like that. Okay. I, I I'm sure it's just actually Lauren. Okay, but I'm just saying her behavior is a little bit uncharacteristic. So it just seems I don't know. There's something, as they would say in the Midwest, there's something hanky about it.
1: Okay. Um well I'm going to go with I do think it's Lauren, and and I do buy her story. Um it does make sense and when you know you look at she said, you know, I'm going to pick my prison. Okay. Uh, does she I'm not, actually I'm not sure she uses the word prison. But but she's going to you know she she's going to pick her own situation as opposed to what it was when she was with the light. So that you know, she comes, she goes, and, and... It just, you know, all of a sudden it sounds like,
2: oh, you know, the dark, they're so awesome, they're so cool. It's like, well, just, I don't... I don't well, do you know,
1: we've had this conversation before. What's the difference between the light and the dark? And then outside of the fact that the light respect humans and the dark don't, which but kind of is the a big light, deal. the light, not really,
2: not so much. Okay. I don't think that uh, they don't... They're not so great with... Because the, they still feed off humans and everything, right? The light do. Yeah. Sure. So, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know, but I so think the difference just, between the light and point. the dark is the like, kind of just like the difference between a a light party and a dark party is that uh, the dark party has more of everything,
1: right? <laughs>
2: yeah, I thought it was a great line. But to to we go back though, this whole thing with Lauren, it just she, it's it's
1: not right. I don't know. You know, on the one hand, I'm I'm thinking, can Lauren be this naive? Or perhaps she's right. Perhaps well,
2: exactly. Can she be that? That's another uh, reason why I think she's. It's the, the some weird because yes, she has been naive in the past with yeah. her dealings with the Fey. But just last episode, she was all like, "Hey, yeah, come and get me, mfers and up yours and all this," and she was all arrogant and you know confrontational. And now she's back to the. Oh well, I'm just gonna kind of hang out, and you know, the dark are gonna take care of me, and it's just, you know, I, uh, it just doesn't work. Okay, I, I think there's just something there that I think is up with Lauren. All right, so well, well not, just, not to belabor theory. it too
1: long. I mean, I, yeah. I, I think that some her, people would say we already have. right? Well, I'd say I, I just think her her naivete is is something in the past, and I, I think you know she's in control now, and and you know, I just think the thing with with Bo and her relationship you know that beau is you know oh yeah we're going to be right back together and and i don't i don't see that out of lauren i mean i think lauren was happy to see her but um you know they you got we got they have some things to resolve if they're going to uh, resume their relationship uh,
2: that's, that's where again i'm kind of thinking that, that
1: they're just going to pick not up just
2: well no i'm well, well has she not been thinking about Bo? you know like is she still like holding like a grudge all no, pissed off from their oh their, see, I don't look at it quote, as like quote, a grudge. Quote, break well i'm just saying like if you know if if that if i were lauren and i just saw beau after everything i'd been through and after who knows how long i would be like a little bit more excited than than she was as even um Ebony says when she comes, like, you know, boring. What are you going to do next? You know, braid each other's hair, scissor already. You know, so yeah, even the you know, Morgan realizes that this reaction is boring. They should be all over each other, right? And I mean, they kind of were, but not really. And don't give me just because the guy comes in with, you know, appetizers. And first of all, what is the guy with appetizers doing there anyway? There was no one. There were any other guests around. Like when you say, "I'm just going to go up to this hallway and see if anyone up there needs appetizers." Like seriously?
1: Yeah. No, I I
2: know what you're saying. Um, the guy doesn't know how to work a room.
1: All right. Well, I guess we'll have to agree to disagree on that. And I guess we'll we'll or we know. disagree that I'm right. Well, but look, I mean, Bo wants to. She wants to renounce her darkness and resume her. Independence, because she she's not saying she wants to renounce her darkness and then go to the light, because that's not you know she she wants to be the unaligned right. (laughs) She wants to be the unaligned succubus. Um, I don't know what kind of problem that's going to cause, but we'll we'll see. Now, um, the one thing, and and you mentioned this I think briefly a minute ago that that when the Unimens, if you see the human doctor or that terrorist pet of yours, tell them we will see them. Well, okay, we know who the human doctor is, but why is Kenzie a terrorist? Well, they they
2: said that in episode one. Okay. That the UNA Unamans referred to her as a terrorist. That's when we, we said- Okay, when, but why? I, I don't know. She's I, been doing I stuff. I mean, Lauren, or Karen, is the terrorist. Apparently, between the end of season three and the start of season four, Kenzie has been up to some hijinks. Okay. that and And we see that also she's kind of been on the run because she's- you know, after Beau went away and she was on her her own, uh, she's you know had to you know defend herself or whatever. So you know, obviously, she's done things that the Unamens think are acts of
1: terrorism. Yeah, and they seem pretty certain that you know death is the answer for both humans.
2: Yeah. So. They're very certain of that. No no question about it. And uh which is another reason why they are just, you know, a holes.
1: All right. Now, Vex, it's kind of interesting that he decides to hole up at Dyson's. Yeah, it's a cry for help. Yes. Um and then the the whole thing with his hand. You know, all right, do we know well I guess that's a result of his being questioned right because we we saw him being tortured right and, and they, they
2: they she took part something from behind her ear and made him eat it so I, right. is that I guess maybe that's I, I, I'm trying to think was there anything that he like touched no but I can't think of anything that he you know caught any kind of disease except for like like I said the uh uh what's her name uh, Arabella or whatever dropping her ear right right Arabella. So- you know, so, dropping her ear into his mouth.
1: Like. Right. So we don't know. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense. I mean, yeah. given given what we've got. So he's determined. You know, I guess like with gangrene or whatever, that he's going to cut it off, and he's got some potion that's supposedly going to numb the pain, uh, it has the opposite effect, which uh, hastens his desire to cut the hand off. And Bo, who's paralyzed by the needle that she was supposed to inject vex with she gets there just too late and that was a pretty gruesome scene i I think we all expected uh, her to get there in time yeah
2: oh totally yeah
1: (laughs) yeah yeah
2: and then uh, and then like when she reached forward i'm like oh no is he gonna cut her hand off because here's like a little bit of advice if you see someone who is about to chop his own hand off do not reach in and grab his hand Lest you lose, like, your hand or parts of your fingers or something like that. Right. It's not a clever move on Bo's part. But, yeah, she's, like, holding that gross, nasty hand that's just been removed from the body. And, like,
1: not a lot of blood.
2: You know, yeah, you think as his hand just got. No, it was just up. like that
1: little little yeah. spurt there for a so minute. So maybe that
2: was the potion that he made. I don't um know.
1: I guess, but anyway. So uh and then he did, he was only in pain for a few few seconds there, and then he seemed uh, pretty calm. Yeah, and, he got uh, better. And I don't know if that was a Jaguar that he pulled the cover off. That was a nice car. That was a nice sure. car. I don't know cars that well, but it, was, it looked nice. And.
2: uh um Except he should have really, yeah, thought ahead and you know gotten like a standard transmission.
1: Yeah. The other thing, you know, I don't want to say heart wrenching because it wasn't exactly heart wrenching because it's coming from Vex, so you never know what his motives are. But but recounting the past of the Mesmers and and you know how they got to this point that this is, you know, that cutting off the hands of Mesmers was.
2: Yeah, I just need to take this time to say this was like the best Vex scene ever. Like he went the whole range. Paul Amos just. Knocking it out of the park, man, like he was funny, he was had that gravitas there, talking about the other mesmers, right, like yeah. he was like really serious and evil too, like he kind of did the whole range in that one scene, and he just knocked the crap out of that man. It was just awesome, so great, just a great, great scene for vex, just once again back to he's my favorite character, right, again. but the
1: problem is now. The Unamens want him. Yeah, that's a big problem. Ebony wants him. Big problem. So too. she can kill him. Yeah. Uh, where's he going to go? I mean, so, so obviously somebody's going to have to come along that's going to have some sort of uh, pull that's going to be able to protect him. And, you know, whether that's going to be Bo at some point, whether it's going to be somebody else, I don't know, maybe Trick, but uh, that, that's an interesting storyline we don't know how that's going to work out now yeah the- and that's it
2: also gives them an excuse to get him off screen for two or three episodes and pop you know so he's not in every episode uh because i think though i liked it last season when when he was in like those like four episodes in a row i think probably the writers were having trouble in getting him in All the time. and i'm not saying they're doing it but just he, he's not an everyday character right right he's your he's your pinch hitter who comes in and usually gets a hit for you you know yep. um and so you know th- with this excuse then just like with dyson this week right dyson's on a mission so he's not in the episode now vex can be on some hiding out or whatever and so that's why he doesn't have to be on every week tamsin
1: um you know we talked to her talked about her a little bit the uh the dance-off was pretty funny with a little nod to Zoolander, which you said you didn't remember, but there was clearly a, a really cool dance-off scene there with David Bowie as the dance judge. Rachel Skarsten can dance. Now, she's not a trained dancer right. like Senior Solo. right? And, and Once
2: w- again, like I feel bad because I know these actors or you know, these people that they can actually dance and they can dance better than probably 98% of us, but when they have to dance with Cassini, a solo dance at the same time, you just, you just see like, here's someone who can like really dance.
1: Right. And that's what I liked about this scene is that Rachel Scarston, you know, uh, she's holding her own and all of a sudden, you know, then, then they decide they're going to dance in tandem and Kenzie dances for about maybe 10 seconds, and then it's almost like she goes, nah, this ain't working, I'm, you know, <laughs> and she has that look like, eh, not, Yeah, she, you know? yeah, she
2: covers her face up, actually, for- as the other people are clapping, she claps a little bit, and then she covers her face.
1: Right, uh, but but like you said, side by side, yeah, there's no. Yeah.
2: And at first, it was like, obviously, I mean, the, the dance was kind of goofy, obviously, it was meant to be, and but then there was one bit I'm like, okay, she's doing all right, you know. And yeah. then.
1: All right. Now, this but, is the second time Cassini Solos danced this yeah. season. Okay, yeah. th- That's enough. Okay. We, we you know, we know she can dance. We don't-
2: yeah, but I like it when she dances. I love that scene. That's like so far, I'd say probably one of my favorite scenes from this this season was that, that dance scene. But see, here's the thing if you're in some kind of duel to the death and you seem to think that dancing, is going to be the method by which you duel. You should definitely never take on someone who is wearing MC Hammer pants already. Good point. <laughs> Good point. Because the, I, mean, I mean, she won, but just because she, you know, she went said, "All right, enough of the dancing. I'm just gonna she you know, Valkyrie'd her. I'm just gonna pull out my Valkyrie and uh, and yeah. kill you the old-fashioned way.
1: Yeah. Although I don't, she clearly didn't know what she was getting into. Uh, I just want to dance.
2: Right, right. Okay. Well, then, yeah, that's all the part of the the yeah, charm of, right, of this right, character right. is that she's uh, you know this naive,
1: innocent, you know, youth. Right now, you know, obviously, trick was a you know I don't want to say a major part of this episode, but but we learned. A Wait, are we lot. going to trick already? Well, what? Who else you want to talk just, about? No,
2: I was just saying for Tampson, this Did you notice like her jacket? No, she's got like. This total, like hippie jacket on and so I noticed it like the one scene where she's talking to Kenzie and she, the the is right over her left shoulder and she has like a recycle patch on her <laughs> left shoulder and that's like so not Tamsin from season three you know right. like she's completely the opposite in almost every way imaginable so I just thought that was like a really funny detail there yeah.
1: which begs the question where'd she get the clothes
2: yeah. Well, yeah. Thrift shop.
1: Not from Kenzie's closet, that's for sure.
2: Yeah. So. so yeah, I know. Thrift shop stolen. Who knows?
1: All right. I think we all agree that that she's one of the, she's one of the bright spots of this season so far. All right. Now, Trick. And, and and you know, I think the thing with Trick, we, all right, we see him early in the episode that he's trying to get information about the Wanderer. So he doesn't know who the Wanderer is. But you know, that's so funny because. Like didn't last season. He like didn't he recognize
2: him or didn't? It just seemed like Trick kind of knew. And besides, if if this is Bo's dad, then it's like his, for all intents and purposes, son-in-law. You would think so. You know, I don't know. I mean, you know, there's that whole thing also where you know he gave away, Efa, to his opponent. Right. Right who then kept her locked up for like 300 years or something. Right. So, you know, I guess if we take that timeline, then, you know, maybe in that time was, was that when Bo was born and uh, it's just all this stuff, but then still he would know who the wanderer was, right? If, if he was the guy that he, he gave his daughter away to, to lock up. So it's, I don't understand why all of a sudden, you know, Trick doesn't know what, what's going on because I'm pretty sure it seemed like he did last season
1: well you would think but I, I guess again that's part of the mystery um uh, you know a lot of it comes out of his dealing with the Unamens and <laughs> one of the first things they ask him is how he came to be in the colonies and and we've talked about that I think we you know when the, in one of our early podcasts that that uh you know how did how did the Faye get to uh America and do you remember his response
2: Oh, he said, uh, "I took a left turn in Morocco, right?" Yeah,
1: which is a nod to now. You you're probably too young oh, to remember, remember the Beatles.
2: Oh, well, I don't. Rem- I mean, I remember <laughs> the Beatles. As in, <laughs> there
1: was a famous interview when they first came to uh, America, and and uh, uh, one of the reporters asked John Lennon, "How did you find America?" He said, "We turned left at Greenland."
2: Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, so, gotcha. well, I thought it was a nod to Bugs Bunny. Okay. Because whenever, almost not every Bugs Bunny, but a lot of Bugs Bunny cartoons, he's traveling by digging holes and everything, and he pops up, and he looks at a map. He says, "Ah, oh, I knew I should have made that left turn at Albuquerque." Oh, Okay, so that's what I said. I'm like, ah, oh, I well, wish he'd be. said, you know, would you believe I took a wrong turn at Albuquerque? Right? Okay, that would have been that would have been awesome. But also, yeah, kind of maybe a nod to the, the Beatles right. well, as well. Well, we learn. I, a I actually did hear that that interview you're talking about. It's like right when they got off the plane, right?
1: Got the like the kind of the in. They're having. probably still at the airport, I yeah. think. Even, yeah. but um, all right. Anyway, we learned a lot, and, and some of this we we knew. Like, okay, so the, for instance. After the Fey Wars, there was a rebellion, right? And that uh, the the Fey rebels were trying to overturn the blood laws of the Blood King because the Blood King became corrupt. So, we obviously we know the Blood King's trick. trick. What trick. what was his corruption? Do we do we know that? I mean, this
2: all goes back to episodes from way back when, you know, we saw him the whole thing, Efa, right? When we saw him as the Blood King, and we know he cut, he he started writing laws at some point when he shouldn't have been, and his wife ran off, and she got killed, and he gave up his daughter, and all this stuff that's just they never completely explained. Back then, so I just we take it on faith that he was going through a
1: bad time. Then. All right. Well, well, what we do learn though that we didn't know before was that the peace was made, and that if the king gave up his power to a council made up of individuals willing to sacrifice their flaws and desires to form a single soul without ego or ambition, then everything would be okay. And and clearly, this is the Unamends. So, um, okay. So the Blood King agreed, and then he betrayed us. We learn, and then we, we learn that, you know, that thing that he's got in the box. We The sacred
2: papyrus it, Exactly.
1: So that there were six seeds of the papyrus plant, which, you know, that apparently there are five members of the Unamens, and then he would be, the blood king would be the sixth. He's supposed to be like the leader. Okay. Um, so that they were given to the sixth fey to swallow so they might be blessed with new life. Well, apparently he didn't swallow his. Right, Was well, he got the little box. Right. Um, and
2: he's not a soulless drone.
1: All right now the king stole his seed and vanished. Right. right. He's just basically, psych. Right. And then at the end of the episode, right, we see the box, and it's empty. Oh, that's what that was. Yeah. Yeah. Who stole? That doesn't sound very good. Who stole his seed? Who stole?
2: <laughs> um... Yeah. Okay. That Now that makes, because I was like I, I, like, I saw the box. I knew someone was missing. I'm like. I don't whatever, but <laughs> right. yeah, you're right. It's the, the seed, right? Okay. Right. So who stole it?
1: Yeah, yeah. good question. Um, but at, but at, Max, the en- <laughs> at the end of the day, though, you know, we're, we're thinking that that his inquisition with the Unamens is going to turn out, you know, pretty badly for him. And at the end, they want him to become acting Ash
2: yeah which is funny because he's like got the knife ready to go which is basically did they not see him like pull a knife like they, they see him Come like on. working his hands behind his back they don't get suspicious at all it's right. like, and, and they
1: know he's the blood king i assume
2: I, they don't know he's the. well blood. That's, i think okay. they suspect he's the blood king but they don't know okay why don't they know that is an excellent question don't you remember when back when he was the blood king and he got you and he tricked you into like giving up your soul remember that 'Cause this was the guy you think he pretty much you'd remember him because we saw him back then from the flashbacks, he looked the same. Right? Yeah. So it's you know, like you're really bad Una yeah. Men's. You know? all right. so you're how, really bad detectives.
1: Right. Oh, so because how do we, you met this guy. All right. Now how do we get rid of the UNA mens? Apparently, you know, that they, they want Vex. Well, not sure how that's gonna turn out. I'm assuming they're not gonna get their hands on Vex. Or um, they
2: might and requiring some last minute Saving-type stuff to go He won't on.
1: get his hands on them, though. He can get a hand on them. He can get that. a hand on them. Um,
2: <laughs> well, like I said, that, that, that hand's going to be back on soon enough, I think. Yeah, you were saying some, that, and
1: I'm not sure I disagree with do-sex you. do-sex
2: machina you know, to, to get his hand back on.
1: Yeah. Um, all right, Bo in, and in the Dark Side. I, I'm, I'm thinking this is not going to be easily undone. I, I'm thinking we're going to see Bo on the dark side, certainly through the end of season four.
2: Yeah, it's cool to see the dark side a little bit. You know, we've seen enough of the light. And, and,
1: and, and I think, okay, go, going back to Lauren for a second, where, you know, I'm I'm buying Lauren. You're not. Okay, I get that. Um, not a wit. Not, uh, what I'm thinking is we're going to see Bo. It's not going to get undone. Dude, you're dark. Accept it. And, and I'm starting to think maybe she's going to start seeing that maybe the dark – is not so bad after all. Now it goes back to the whole unaligned thing, and you know, it's at some point. You know, you mentioned Notre Dame, but the, you know, and even that's kind of. I mean, I know why you said that, but even Notre Dame, um, they're unaligned, but they're not really unaligned. I mean, they are, but they aren't. I mean, they are part of the greater whole. In in certainly in football.
2: Uh. What? Well,
1: in, in other words, they can pick their schedule. I yeah. mean, you know, that, that, you know, the whole, you know, one of the things about not being in a league is that it, it, it makes scheduling teams difficult. It, it, you know, it hurts your chances for a national title, et cetera, et cetera. not to go too far into the, with the sports metaphor that they're on a line to, to me, certainly in football, they're on a line, but they're not on a line. I mean, they're, I don't know it's it's probably choosing my words to, I, well, to fit my I, I,
2: I think Notre Dame is not a great example but you could say Notre Dame is independent but they still play Michigan every year and Michigan State and Air, and, the, and the service academies right yeah. so it's like they almost are like kind of in a conference though they're not in name and Bo though she is quote unquote unaligned as we've said she's kind of She's light. She was light through yeah, and through. And and she says, come back to your real family, which she means the light. So it's True. like, well, Beau, if you feel so strongly about the light. Uh, why didn't why you align didn't, yourself? Yeah, exactly. Why didn't you pick a
1: side? So, you know, it's just. No, you could argue also it's a tacit alignment that you you could say you're not aligned. Maybe you didn't sign the contract, but you're light.
2: Yeah. So. Yeah, they they could say is an unspoken agreement. Common law light. Yeah, right. Yeah, nice. So. Well played, sir. Yeah. So
1: um good to see Bruce again. Bruce. Because well, we were just saying last last yeah, time we talked web, we on like, the I, I
2: said, where's Bruce? Well, he's got sushi
1: on him. He's got sushi on him. Um, you know, I like the again, I like not not in a couple kind of thing, but I like the chemistry that that he and uh, Kenzie have. And
2: it's good chemistry because they're yes. not a because the this guy who's has is massive has a fantastic body um kenzie doesn't see him as any kind of object of desire really she just he's like a big brother kind of like and i think that that's that's cool how that goes because yeah if they would like i was thinking that as they're sitting there talking to each other on the bed i'm like well what if they hooked up i'm like you know what i really don't want that to happen because they're, they're they work really well as as they are yeah
1: um he likes her but uh uh, I don't think she reciprocates, but uh, right.
2: But it's cool because he's he's just uh, he's a funny character, you know. And it's like the cliche of the you know the super huge big guy who's
1: the softy inside and the right exactly. Right. Oh, let's see what else we got. Oh, but, that, but,
2: but there's, the, there's the one part about when Bruce is you know the the sushi table and and Tamsin reaches down to what is clearly his you know middle section is like ooh
1: special sauce yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, and, and and again, there there were a couple. Um, yeah, sometimes I just think they're trying too hard with clever lines. Okay, when they go to see who they think is going to be vex, uh, at you know, they're they're going to uh, see the Morgan, and they're taking numbers, right? Right now, serving sixty nine, yeah. and everybody has. I mean what would you what else would you expect from the morgan though yeah I guess I guess it's a really
2: bad system though
1: it was a bad system but you know I thought there was going to be an argument since they all had 69 (laughs) right um well you know and that's like if, if you've ever
2: seen like Beetlejuice I have yeah so there's like that that scene where they're in the waiting room and he like looks around and it's just a room full of kind of uh, Strange-looking people, because it's all people who have like died different ways, right. and you know, and and he he steals the uh the 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 ticket from the person next to him. And everything. But that, that that scene, kind of that
1: waiting room scene, reminded me very much of that scene from Beetlejuice,
2: right? The the two
1: uh, not really Siamese twins. I don't know what the heck they were.
2: Yeah, I was. Trying, you know, I, I I guess I could have paused it, but I
1: just was like, no, I no, was almost, was out almost what too what, creepy. What yeah, been, I don't it think it was like, important enough to pause. Um, that's about all I got. Um,
2: well, we we haven't talked about uh, Pietra yet, the, uh, the scavenger oh, Pietra. Oh, um,
1: yeah, the little Charlie's Angels kind of, you, you know, sort of... <laughs> Ebony's
2: Angels, right? Yeah,
1: Ebony's Angels, sort of a nod to, uh, you know, heck, almost shows like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where she's excited to go out into the... I don't know if this is... No, it's probably not her first time out in the field, but, but she almost makes it sound that way. You've got the... You've got the uh, the blonde, you've got the brunette, and you got the redhead.
2: <laughs> yeah, so but like the whole thing when she she goes down, like the scimitar is sitting there next to a covered up body. She yeah. sees the body still twitching, so she stabs it. I am like, uh, what? <laughs> like what? What is this? Whoever killed this person before? Why did they take the scimitar?
1: Why do I don't know? It was just well, who was this familiar? person that had the scimitar? You, I don't, you know, uh, and, and again, and we're probably not going to find out, and it's probably not important, but uh, but yeah,
2: she was She was definitely a good, you know, nice, nice little uh, comic, comic, relief. comic relief in there. And just, but that was, yeah, weird the stabbing the person. That's, I don't know. I didn't understand that. Very no, much. I didn't either, but,
1: but uh, also, oh, I'm sorry. Go go, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, I wouldn't be sorry if that was the last we see of her
2: yeah I, I mean I'm sure she'll pop again sometime like she's kinda like like Bruce where it's a it's a funny character, and you see him every five six episodes maybe they you know they run across him in the scene um but uh you know yeah, I don't think she's gonna be a regular at all though the the one thing we didn't mention. The big thing is this Rainer dude. Yeah,
1: God, that's right. What I'm looking at. I'm like notes. Dave. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> we, got, we need to talk about that a little bit. Once we get for jumping around? All right. So, so at the end, uh, Trick tells: Is it uh, no? Is, is it Bo? Oh no, I'm sorry. He he tells the Unamens the only way to find out the identity of Rainer because the Unamens. Doesn't... No, he
2: tells he tells Bo that.
1: Well, but the, what... the
2: Unamens have the book.
1: Okay. So they know Um, as well. Oh, right, 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 right. But they don't know. So they're looking in the book, uh, the King's Book of Records. And I'm thinking, okay, isn't he the king? But I guess he gave up that book, left that book, whatever. But they have it now. Right. Um,
2: Yeah, because he he skedaddled, right? Because, I mean, that's what we've discovered. It seems like uh, Dyson's the only one besides the audience who knows that uh, he's the Blood King, right? Right, right. They didn't reveal it to Hale, did they?
1: Um I don't I think I so. Remember. So,
2: yeah, you know, we know Dyson knows for sure. I, I don't think anyone else really knows. Um some people suspect it. Remember the 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 first ash from season 1 uh certainly suspected as well and I think Lachlan as well um suspected. But uh but no one knows.
1: All right. Well, when uh you know the the head unamens is, you know, she's going through looking up the book and it's clearly some language that we looks like something out of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's um, like weird because like the the then it moves, yeah, yeah that was well, cool, was squiggly. Uh, but she's distressed, and then the last thing she says is, "No, it cannot be. Never again." Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't even want to speculate what "never again" I, means. I mean, I, well, I, that,
2: it means she doesn't want whatever happened before I thought to we happen had, again. I
1: thought, I thought we had banished Rainer to that other universe, and yeah, so or or I don't know, but. Certainly yeah. it was ominous.
2: Yeah, they seem to, to for the UNA mens to get upset about someone, they must be pretty badass is all yeah. I got to say. But there is, you know, so the next night I'm watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and there's a character on there, the girl in the flower dress, and her name is Raina. Oh. So I'm thinking they don't really have anything to do with each other, but <laughs> except for the fact that <laughs> the, it was the, cool, the, cool the cool word, said. you know, Rain in there, like Regina and, you know, Reg, yeah. like the captain you know, the large for regina's evil
1: queen. queen in once upon a time
2: is she yeah
1: well actually regina's the mayor but you know in the other you know in her storybook life she's the evil queen but yeah gotcha. anyway all right anything else um
2: the only other thing i have is this really line that i loved which uh, that, that vex said when Bo, under the influence of the drugs, starts, like, kind of talking about Lauren and saying how much in love they are. And uh, he says, if you're going to start gushing, I'm going to slit my bloody throat. So yeah. I thought, you know, the writers are having a little go with all this, you know, all the relationship stuff that's going on with uh, Lauren and Bo maybe a little bit and just uh, Vex saying, enough of it already, you know, just shut up about that. So I just thought it was a really funny line.
1: Yeah, um... There was something else I was going to say about that, but all right. Awesome well, on, so. All right. Well, I guess that will do it for us tonight, unless you got any last-minute tidbits. Nope, I'm looking through. I think we got
2: the, uh, no, know. Well, okay. And I don't know about if I'm going to be too shallow, but what's up with with uh, Ebony, man? Is she looking, like, too skinny or something, or her lips are looking too big, or the haircut is not working? I don't know.
1: Well, I liked her hair straight better, for sure. Um, I I wasn't digging this hairdo. Yeah, and I wasn't digging her dress. No. Um. So yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah, there was. Yeah, there. There just, was.
2: It's. It seems like her. She like put got like Botox injections, and because her lips seemed like really, and that just could have been the the lip. Stick she had, yeah, I think so. Because
1: you know, from one week to the next, it was pretty radical. So, I'm just going to chalk it up to makeup and hair, and and just uh, she made some bad wardrobe decisions. Some, some,
2: some, oh, the character, yeah,
1: the character made some bad wardrobe decisions. So, yeah, all right. Well, you can drop us a line at fatalistpodcast at gmail.com. Check out the website fatalist.podbean.com. Uh, Send us a voicemail, just like Sally told you. Get your own speak pipe. Or, look, I mean, your laptop's probably got a microphone on. It's probably got some sort of – certainly if you've got a Mac, it's easy enough.
2: If it has a keyboard, you can type
1: a message and email it to us. Oh, good point. Yeah, Um, because a lot of you were doing that back in the day. So – We are on Facebook, although uh, not a whole lot of action there and actually not a whole lot of action on Twitter the last week because I just got a new video game and uh, that's been taking all my time, sorry to say. Um, But as many of you are doing, continue to access us through iTunes. And until next time when we talk about episode six. I just peed myself a little.